and welcome once again to Wandering Monster, America's Test Table, where we don't just uh, play test games, we stress test them. I am Charles R. Bernard. I'm Bridget Brave. Ian Servas. I'm Mr. Paschke. And if you're seeing my beautiful face, uh, you know that that means that John has been imprisoned uh, for gross indecency. No, that's actually um, not true. Uh, He's John in time <laughs> Yes, we put John in timeout. We want him to uh, think about what he did. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're giving him the time to mull it over. Um, the other thing it means is that there is exactly twenty percent less beard than usual tonight. So to make up for that, uh, we'll be dragging beards into this thing all night long. And by that, I mean we will be dealing uh, explicitly and only with dwarves, uh, dwarves in the fantasy sense, and. I wanted to uh, bring up a, a controversial stance I have and also open the floor for a question. The controversial stance I have is this. In Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, those are quite clearly gnomes, in my opinion. Um, they work underground, but they live in a house. They, you know, have those funky hats. They're kind of like happy-go-lucky, even this is supposedly grumpy one. They like to sing. You know, well, dwarves like to sing, too. And that brings me to my question. Um, what was y'all's first fantasy or gaming exposure to dwarves? Because for me, it was reading The Hobbit when I was a kid. And I was like, damn, these dwarves are singing just like left and right. They've got songs about everything. They're singing about washing the dishes and, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the Ralph Bakshi cartoon might have had something to do with the yep. uh, yeah yeah but but it actually if you read the text there are there's like a hell of I mean Tom Bombadil does a lot of singing too but we don't need to invoke his dread name so y'all what was your first exposure in gaming to dwarves you know I wish I could remember the name of the game I so full disclosure it was an Apple II C so any game that we had was severely off brand because they didn't make <laughs> games for the Apple II C. But I just it was like a turn-based dungeon crawler, and you had a party with you. And it was very similar to Gauntlet, which I played later on, but it definitely had an off-brand name, and it was like the third in the series. I never played the first two. <laughs> you know, I'm in the, the Rankin-Bass camp when it comes to mm. Hobbit adaptations. Uh, but no, my, my father read The Hobbit to me when I was young, and then definitely the Rankin-Bass, and then the uh, Ralph Baschke came after that but i think that probably the, the loader would be the the first real exposure to that beyond of course the gnomes of which you speak <laughs> i honestly don't know i uh, like i haven't considered when was the first time right. i encountered a dwarf like i saw the lord of the rings <laughs> when they were in theaters so like 20 years ago or whatever i'm old now yay uh, but like i know that like Baldur's gate i played as a dwarf on like the playstation 2 which that's around the time period, so that's splitting hairs. That doesn't matter. I don't remember <laughs> my first dwarf. They've always been there. They crept out of the closet at night to come and frolic with you. That's because Mr. Paschke, even as a small child, had just like a magnificent... Yeah, I was born, born with, with a yeah. goatee. It yeah. grew into a full beard. <laughs> yeah, by age one and a half. Um, no, tonight we will be playing uh, a fun little game called Axes and Anvils. Uh, not that other... Um, letter and letter game um and axes and anvils is uh presented to us by shields up publishing um uh the game creator's name escapes me at the moment but Andrew uh, Shield. 
Thank you, Andrew Shield, which shields up. That makes sense. And um, tonight will be a bit of a uh, dungeon crawl, a, a low-res dungeon crawl, if you will. Um, and with that, uh, Mr. Servas, our forever GM, would you like to take us to the game stream, please? Absolutely. Or so rather, Mr. An... Pashki will take us there. Ian it's will cool. take over. It's, it's still GM magic. Yes. So the... So this game, it focuses on just dwarves. So the quick start rules, which we're going to be playing tonight to kind of showcase what you can get a taste of for the full game, um, is free on drive Through RPG. And the overall game allows you to really live out all of your fantasies about working underground, living underground, being underground, having <laughs> long beards, uh, making all kinds of fun weapons and whatnot. So the so this is just my life. <laughs> right i my bedroom's in the basement at my house because just the way that the floor plan is is stupid i play with swords this is just me hi everybody <laughs> See, this is why i couldn't dreams. remember my first dwarf because it was you yeah <laughs> yeah born into the clan sure so when you're not playing on the podcast are you larping or are you larping when you're on the podcast i'm i think i'm larping on the podcast because i'm doing hema in real life and it's different. <laughs> Art imitates life. So this game allows you to it has a very quick character development system, and you are all these roles. I'd say all these dwarves we have tonight are generated from random roles. So it is a game that is very easily taught to anyone who, uh, either for veterans or for experts in TTRPGs. Uh, uses instead of a d20 d12 is the is the core die so we are going to go ahead and just kind of jump into the thick of things as we are um having our well how about we start with our three dwarves and introduce themselves and maybe a fun factor fun object you have in your inventory absolutely um as is required by utah state and federal law uh i will go first um I will be oh, – god damn, dude. You come up with some names. Um, Kramerling Cask Brewer. Uh, just call me Brewski. Um, I am young, brassy. Nice. Okay. Me. Test Charles Paschke. Charles Bernard. All right. Can people hear us now? OBS Studio seems to be working, and I haven't heard from Bridget say something. Ah, oh, this ah, is me. I think, I think they can okay. hear us now. Can you hear us? Okay. This yes. is like the old Horizon. Can you hear us now? It's a seance. Okay. Oh, yeah. so, yes. Can you hear so, us? So, r real quick, uh, you know, I'll just make a note and we'll talk about it later. It doesn't matter right now. Okay. Well, okay. Thank you so much, our loving audience. Bridget, uh, take us back to where you were first sure. saying things with the with your face and the mouth and the words. With the, my face and the mouth. Okay. Yes. I'll remember those that. things. Do both of those things. So I'm Fimbig Coppergrog, um, the easiest to pronounce name 
which has nothing to do with why I chose it. Um, you know, I'm I'm a young 150 years old. I'm integral to this team. I am both the healer and the mechanician, which is like a mechanic and a magician. I am great with my hands, just terrific. I can get into a machine and take it apart and figure out how it works. And then we, we don't worry about putting it back together. So I'm also the team surgeon. I should mention that. So if you get cuts or a broken bone, I'll stitch that right back up for you. Sure, it'll go we'll great. Be, we'll be needing your help tonight, I'm sure. And I want to talk about my big-ass machete since we already got to hear about his big-ass weapon. I've got a big-ass <laughs> machete called Voice of the Dark, and it has a scratch on it for every clean Ooh. kill I've made. How many nice. scratches are on there? Six. Wow, you're a terrible surgeon. I really... Yeah, I, see, yeah those are clean kills, though. Clean kill. The I'm a great kills. surgeon. Yeah. I suppose it's my go, isn't it? Sorry. That'd be, that'd be. Uh, yeah, I was just moving some things around on my computer. Sorry, uh, behind the scenes. Don't need to know that. Uh, tonight, I will be playing Bothock Blackbirds. You see, here's the thing Bothock is in his inventory, he has not just cigar butts, but snuff, which to me indicates that the Colombian exchange in this world has happened because tobacco is native to North and South America, which mm -hmm. means that there are there possibly Mayan or Incan dwarves. Now, I, I will say uh, something I learned from a book just recently is that the word tobacco may or may not have originated with the Taino people, um, which hmm. is uh, like the native people of Puerto Rico and uh, some of the uh, Island or islandy um, Caribbean. So. Blessed tobacco, the gift that keeps mm -hmm. on giving. So, yeah, my character has just tobacco on him and a lot of, like, eight stumps of very well-chewed cigars, a uh, pouch of stale chewing tobacco, a uh, tin of snuff, jeweler's loop. I, I can only assume that that is for getting the ring gauge of a cigar. I mean, what else would that be for <laughs> when you're a dwarf? Couldn't snuff. be, like... Sorting yeah. out the gravel dust from the snuff. yeah. Uh, other than that, flint steel, other normal, normal things. Uh, dwarfy things. Yeah. You don't have a problem. Everyone else has a problem. You don't have a problem. <laughs> my, my problem only happens when I run out of tobacco. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's when it's a problem. That's right when now, it's a problem. Forever. And that's Not when alcohol is a solution. So there we go. Oh, no. Like, nothing makes you want to smoke more than when you're drunk, actually. But, yeah. Mm. Then it makes in, sense. In, in my case, at any rate. Uh, Just keep yep. mixing it. But, See, but that, that's maybe why you're all adventuring together. You know, these are the things that bond dwarves together beyond oath. True. It's uh, these creature comforts and things. One of the ways that you can actually recover some of your vital essence in this game is through carousing and through having, you know, tavern style drinking and uh, regaling old tales. So definitely has that dwarf mindset built in. I was surprised to find in my inventory that I have basically brought an entire brewery with me. I have yeast, I have hops. I like it's basically just add water brewery is what I have um in my kit. So um yeah, if we if we wind up in a tight spot, I got you covered. Yeah, I'm completely prepared for anything. I've got I've apparently got weed, a a pipe, uh jawbreakers. 
and a gag and leather bit. So any situation, I'm, I'm ready. You yeah, need. yeah. Gosh. I think that we got our characters mixed up, possibly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, I think this will be a fun group. By the way, I have a friend who in real life tried to take up snuff, which you can still like buy. And uh, it caused such violent sneezing. That, yeah, um, it does. Yeah, every time he tried to use it, I just laughed my fucking ass off. It was great. But the nicotine hit that you get from that, ah, oh man, like, I don't recommend it because <laughs> I had quit cigarettes once for, like, two or three months, and then I tried snuff again, and I was right back on cigarettes. So, <laughs> yeah. That's why it was used for curing migraines back in the day, because you got that rush. Yeah. So, I guess it that, worked. That and the fact that if you've been smoking and you quit, then starting, you know, starting back up will indeed cure your migraine. But I quit cigarettes and cigars don't do anything. Yeah. Cigars do not help migraines for me. I don't know. So tonight, you guys ready for me to actually break the law? Tonight's show has been brought to you by tobacco. <laughs> friendly tobacco. Look, yeah. it's it's just like Fred Rollinstone said. Nothing tastes good like a Winston should. That's right. Just are, like Fred, Fred are, and Barney are, are, talking about the smooth. Gunning for sponsorship by like a Morris. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Phil, Get big puff like of Phil. Well, Nerf shot me down. Philip so Morris. In the core rule book, there are rules for making your own clan and all of this. Um, and I, it, it might be kind of fun if we have our own little small nomadic clan that is just the three of you and you have like some type of tobacco oriented name or with a Winston Salem clan. Fools. I want to argue against it, but I have no good argument. It, the Cools. <laughs> the Cools. The oh my gosh. It's okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, it. what, what is the symbol that would be on your shields? Uh, oh, our shields are just like this cool minty green blue color with like catched lines towards no, the no, top. Uh, it's the Newport logo. It's yeah. the upside down <laughs> Nike swoosh that is yeah. Newport. <laughs> Love it. Uh, then all of our dwarves died of fiberglass inhalation. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So we're off to a great start. So the three of you are nomadic dwarves. You have either been separated from your clan, exiled from your clan, or your clan were destroyed by incursions of goblins or orcs. And a dwarf without a home, without a clan, without uh, a dwelling is no dwarf at all. You link so much of your honor and your sense of self in being part of a clan. And so all of you are driven to joining a clan. You have heard through traders on the mainland uh, thoroughfares that recently there was an effort to retake an old dwarven clan foothold that was at one point besieged by some type of goblinoids and was completely routed and sacked. And so there is this call for dwarves to help rebuild and make a new home deep within the mountains. And so is, is there a this Balrog kind of... in there? I don't know. It's uh, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, Sounds like a yes. <laughs> don't you trust me? So you are headed towards Tumbletop, where this clan is forging itself anew 
Uh, the tentative name that you've heard being kind of whispered on the routes themselves is the Firebreak Clan. Um, perhaps you could help them rebrand themselves as the Cools and uh, mm -hmm. usher in a new smooth era of uh, <laughs> refreshing leadership. Smooth era of satisfaction. This is flavor country after all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> As a quick aside, uh, what, how, how did you get separated from your original clan, and why is it that you are binding together? Well, I stepped outside for like just five minutes, and when I went back inside, they were gone. They all left to get milk. <laughs> so, you know, it was just a tonsillectomy, okay? I can do a tonsillectomy. Um, but, you know, there were some allegations afterwards, and it was suggested that I take my talents somewhere that would be more appreciated. So I, I moved on down the road. Uh, the honest answer in my case is that after about 11 p.m. of that alleged evening, I don't remember anything. Um, but I'm told that while in my cups, I may or may not have urinated on or toward my clan leader. Um, I don't remember that, but I don't Honest remember mistake. much from that night. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, who has probably? Yeah. I probably just thought he was a latrine. I mean, you know, that happens. Honest mistake. All right. So you have bound each other and banded together in this common cause of helping to rebuild and make a new legacy free of surgical incidents or public <laughs> intoxication urination <laughs> allegations a place i that can't you make can... any promises <laughs> you will have ample opportunity to rebuild your honor we'll just put it like that so you have been adventuring through this progressive mountain terrain that is rugged it is getting progressively colder and colder the higher elevation that you get uh, in fact, I'd like someone to make the first roll of the evening. Who would like to sling a D12? I like to sling D12s. Yeah. Nine. Nine. So the most of your trip up through the mountains themselves is pretty clear weather, but it's just bitingly cold. It, No matter how long your beard is, it's just not enough to really protect the cold draft from getting in your armor and just chilling you from the inside out. So it's with great relief that you see up ahead that there is this large yawning cavern entrance that takes you deep within the mountain to get out of the cold and into the comfort gloom of the underworld. As you are marching into this, uh, do you have a certain type of marching order, or how do you approach this thing? Have you learned Ooh. on the road how you I know. work together? Yeah. Well, we start off as we're marching with, Hi-ho! Hi-ho! I, oh, I thought those good. were gnomes. We are dwarves. <laughs> I just had to get one hi-ho. Okay. You're allowed one. <laughs> so... You uh, are singing to announce your presence to the mountain, that you are on your way home. You've already been on the road for you know three long days, and you know that it's going to be a lot longer as you meander through these mountainous paths. It's through these deep caverns that you actually get to the other side. 
As we're traveling through those canyons, um, I, it doesn't say in my equipment how long it takes for me to brew, I don't know, like a keg of something. Um, can we pretend that I do that on one of our stops? I would just imagine that you have some kind of dwarfish ale that gets like its its flavor and body from the constant agitation of us walking with you having a barrel on your back. Oh, I like yeah, like that. I'm seeing like the one man band thing where you've got like the barrel on your shoulders <laughs> and it's bubbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copper coil in front of me and playing mm -hmm. it like an accordion. Exactly. Yeah, I can There's get like down a, with that. A whistling airlock that's going yeah. with every step. <laughs> and you're seeing you the steps slosh. <laughs> I really want to see this now that now that we're imagining it. Like my mind picture is pretty great, but I, I want to see it like animated well. Um, yeah. Now you certainly could brew on the go. Uh, it depends on what yeast you're using. If you use distiller's yeast, you can make yourself a, a table beer pretty quickly. But you are in cold climes, so you're kind of in a lagering state more than anything. But as you transition deeper into the gloom of this cavern. Um, you're starting to notice that the rough, natural appearance of this starts to give way to what looks to be like mining. Uh, you can see how the walls are excavated, that the floor itself has been smoothed and very, very like rutted and worn in spots as if this was made a long time ago. Now in this, each of you have two different types of skill sets. You have your crafting skill and you have your service skills. And so all of you are able to use things that kind of fit in that parameter. If they're not something to be rushed or hurried or have to be a certain level of perfection, you can automatically succeed on some of those. Uh, so at any point that you have some type of expertise that you want to employ, uh, feel free to interject and let me know. Another, I mean, uh, that's that's what I'm doing with my brewer skill, and it's my primary skill. But I don't do, know if I have an automatic success. But it says make intoxicants, uh, you, skill you, roll pass on D twelve on five to twelve for D twelve. I'm gonna have you make me a skill roll for that, since that's your you uh, primary. It. This isn't so much as can you make it. You can certainly make it. Is is it going to be good? And then uh, could it make you go blind? Is the oh. Well, I rolled a three. So it does not taste well. <laughs> it is struggling to ferment. This other thing that you are currently fermenting, it is absolutely struggling. It's just probably too cold. Um, so hopefully it'll turn out okay. <laughs> okay, we'll give it time. We will, time. We will uh, tap no dwarvish keg before it's time. As you continue deeper into the cavern, you start to go steadily downward through very, like a very steep road, and to the point where at points there are handholds and footholds and places where you can see where ropes are once hooked to help hoist things up. You all have these lanterns that are bioluminescent that help you kind of penetrate the gloom. Um, but it is extremely dark here. And as you are starting to descend the slope, you're seeing that at the very end of your light, there is a massive canyon that stretches across the, your vision and what looks to be the very edge of a bridge, something in the distance. Oh, uh, 
there's a bridge, there's a canyon. Do we go down like we're used to, or do we go across that bridge? I, I feel like you want us to go in the canyon. Look, I'm not trying to tell us all what to do here, but we're dwarves and we're and it's down. Right. But we can take the bridge. I'm not uh, it's a perfect I'm sure it's a fine bridge. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's really easy to go across. A lovely okay. bridge, yeah. Um I mean, I'm team Canyon. Yeah. I had a cousin that died after crossing a bridge, so did you put them back together? No, that was the tonsillectomy, but still, the bridge <laughs> was involved, so I feel like... Right, right. Yeah. All right, down, down we go, then. So, instead of heading towards the bridge, I hear that you're wanting to advance towards the edge of this canyon and uh, scale down the walls. Was that mm -hmm. correct? Yes. yes. We are dwarves. Okay. All right. <laughs> As you approach the the canyon uh, you get closer and closer to the bridge and even though you're kind of keeping your distance from it your eyes still drift on it just to kind of see what is about it because there's some interesting things that stick out the stone itself is stained black some of the flagstones are even from here you can see kind of catch your fading your very faint light and show that there are some runes carved into the surface of some of those stones um, the area here has kind of a weird dry smell to it. Not like stone dry, but like dust dry, mm -hmm. which is kind of a, a odd, curious. Um, when you look down the side of this canyon, you see that it descends pretty deep outside the reach of your torch. And the bridge itself extends across the can yawning canyon outside the light of your torch it's um it's the air is kind of still here although you feel just like a tiny bit of current coming from below just like a, a whisper can we make out what kind of runes they are on the bridge do any of us have that all right so you want to head on over and see what that's about so as you are looking at that um remind me uh um Kramerlig, what are you what's your uh short name uh brewski brewski thank you so brewski um you're not familiar with these runes. There's a special kind of scholastic writing with the dwarves and you've spent more of your time partying so if you want to identify this, this would just be an unskilled skill check. Uh, so you would just you'd be rolling your d12. Uh, ah, fuck it, might as well. Never let being unskilled stop you. Never mind, that's a two. <laughs> yes, so you have absolutely no idea. You have this vague feeling where you remember someone telling you about very important runes that are important to know. Um, but all you remember is your mouth moving, and then you like feeling like this hangover that you're nursing, and that's all you remember. <laughs> Ooh, um, you know, I'm I'm this magical mechanic. Can I build some kind of machine that could try to decipher these runes? It says I can invent and build a custom machine. 
I don't have anything really that would do that, but I, I, I could try. So I was without the advent of like AI or something, it, it would be a challenge to figure out how you could pull from uh, like a knowledge repository. So this is my idea. Yeah, I think fire. that I could build some kind of like wind up clockwork okay. that could look at the runes and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down for gotcha. if we need to worry, that's thumbs down, thumbs up means all good proceed. Okay, well, that seems uh, like a feasible thing. So you start to get out your clockwork pieces and assemble them. Uh, make me your skill roll to see if this is going to operate how you hope it to. Oh, gosh, I hope so. It's a two. You are struggling in this faint light to try to make something that you're just not getting the legs to uh, move quite how they want to. It's like you're making like a little wind-up, uh, like waddling thing, and uh, it's just it's catching over and over, and it's not uh, advancing. It's just making a loud kind of whirring sound. Um, the sound, even though it's kind of high pitched and uh, whiny, it it just seems to be swallowed by the gulf of this canyon. Like it doesn't echo. You. Um, you think, though, as you are trying to get this thing repaired, you think you hear something far in the distance, but you can't quite be sure. Yeah, so that all worked many... according to plan. That's how it was supposed to work. So that's... Yeah, man, I got it. Yeah. How many um, torches do we have total? I think I've got one bioluminescent torch. So these are like lanterns full of fungus yeah. or, mm -hmm. you know, algae. So that's the... Do we each have only one? Yes. Do so. you have a lantern? I also have one. I was thinking about dropping one to see how deep this thing is, but... Now, be before you do that, um, Bothic, uh, you have, as a secondary skill, you have Scholar. Would you like to use that? Yeah, sure. We can do that. Uh, so, roll a d12? Or... That's correct. All right, all right. Not on the scholar on us. It's... Now, don't forget hmm. that at some at any point, if you want to use one of your resolve, that gives you a D4 bonus to whatever you roll. <laughs> I don't need to do that. I rolled an 11. You... There we go. So all of you are, are trying to make complicated solutions to this. Um, but, Bothic, as you look at these runes, you instantly are familiar with that these are. These runes are markings of niches of the bones of long dead warven warriors so people put interred their bones there as an honorary thing to either glorify the bridge or to protect or award it so it could be either a sign of glory or it could be a sign of danger uh, it's clearly safe, a... safe to cross it looks safe but you know there's canyon I mean, it could be dangerous because you know bones and death and i just there um yeah you know what uh let's just let's just keep on trucking and see if we can get to the bottom of this thing unless it's literally bottomless well you'll have to descend and find out 
So your options are over the bridge, down the canyon, or running parallel across this, and hopefully there's some other uh, crossing. I mean, we can cross the bridge, like not yeah. me being my character. Like, I think the bridge is a fine option. I think, I'm not shoehorning you any direction. No, but also, you know, I've learned in the past that when I make these clockworks and they don't work exactly the way they're supposed to, they get mad later on. So I would really <laughs> rather not run into that guy again. So bridge is fine by me. It's a murderous little clockwork man just yeah, they, roaming the bottom really of the chasm. Yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The bridge it is. Okay. The bridge itself is cold to the touch, far colder than you feel like it should be for the stone and ambient temperature. Um, and that scent of dry, weird dust just intensifies. It, you notice that as you're starting to cross this bridge, there isn't any guano or animal droppings on this. And despite the smell of dust, there's no dust on this bridge. Just the sooty, you know, the stained stones and just this kind of odd bug. This bridge, um, as you're crossing it, uh, you start to notice that this darkness here is just pervasive. At one point, you can see behind you just the very faint edge of the bridge that you, uh, the, where you first stepped on, and you yet can't see all the way across as you were heading forward. Hmm. So what's the beer brewing situation like on this, this bridge? I think you could make something good up here. It's nice and dry. It's still. I'm I'm still just working my one man band rig as we've been okay. doing all this. Like, I've I've learned over time that I haven't learned shit about brewing. That the secret of brewing is 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 to give uh, time to the ale and also um, extra alcohol once the product is finished. That makes I mean, sense. Yeah, it usually takes at least a month for it to ferment in real world time. Uh, so you're not far off. And I have fortified a, a beer with, with rum before. Hell yeah. You do, on your character sheet, do have a firkin of slightly stale to bitter Dwarven Ale. I'm trying to do something here. All right. All right. Making sure. Okay. Uh, so you continue crossing the bridge. Okay. As you uh, start to cross the other side, there's a noticeable change in the smell in the air. It goes from that odd, almost choking dust smell to something almost more feral or more... Angry mammal would be an odd way to describe it, but there's this kind of that wet dog, sulfury smell of something on the other side that it's beginning to get stronger and stronger it's the smell of friendship is what that is so i have this no animal power can i try to discern what it is absolutely uh, you wouldn't need to roll for that you would know yep. that this is not uh an animal that this is goblin this is goblin funk um from them being unwashed for far too long and you know that that is not anything good Mm -mm. Goblin foot hygiene we have established is subpar. I believe it. <sighs> so are they on the other side of this bridge? Is that what we're like? Are they further on in this bridge? Only one way well, to find out. I was going to say, you're, you're smelling them pretty close, um, but you're not seeing or hearing them. 
Yeah, it's not good if we can smell them before we can see them. That's some extra funky goblin. Yeah, I think uh, I think we could take on some goblins. Yeah, I'm good with that. I've got a big ass machete. Let's go. Yeah, right. three of us versus some goblins. Screw them. Yeah, we've got a that. shotgun, so I'm not worried. Yeah. yeah. You have a shotgun? I have a shotgun. All right. Why didn't I get a shotgun? All I got is tobacco. I think a shock. I'm trying to think if a shotgun would like hit harder than a male that's a keg of nails or or vice versa. Well, let's I try everything. Yeah, let's try it out. <laughs> It'll be a contest. Yeah. Like Lego Loss and Gimli. People will grow to be very fond of our friendship as the mm -hmm. story progresses. I think so. As you start to, uh, to go forward, maybe with a little bit of sense of trepidation, you're now beginning with your glow of your torches, seeing the other side of this. At first, you don't see any goblins, but that smell is still hanging in the air. The other side of the canyon, um, you see it kind of opens up as if there's another passageway, but the rock itself is kind of like variegated. Like it's got folds and little areas that you could see that could be uh, hiding places. Hmm. Can I do like a, a do we have investigation in this engine? Uh, so you're going to use, yeah, just tell them what your character wants to do. And if it has to do with your skill, then we can kind of pull that into question. Okay. Knowing that we're smelling goblins and they're hiding places, I would be looking around, kind of keeping an eye out for like trying to like catch a goblin. And uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to use my uh, secondary skill and uh, bolster my party uh, by just like doing the dumbass, the, the most dumbass dwarven dance they've ever seen. And just like chanting, like we're gonna kick some ass, we're gonna kick some ass. Like, um, I like it. And thank you. And uh, it's it's gonna be the hit of twenty twenty three. Um, so let's go real pass on six to twelve. Okay, all right. Let's give this the old wackarooski. And that is a nat one. What the? What fuck? is with everyone's dice? I rolled a ten. Man. That one's going yeah. to dice jail. Okay, so. You are trying to say, you know, we're the best, we're the best. And <laughs> um, as you are making all of this noise, um, instantly, the first thing that kind of happens is that, um, Fimic, you smell like an intense burst of goblin. And there's this sound coming from somewhere to, to your right or your left. And all of a sudden, you hear this shrunk sound and a... <laughs> Rope with a grappling hook sails over the side <laughs> of the bridge, and it just uh, is snags our uh, singing and dancing friend in the mouth like a fish. <laughs> so this is this is a, a a surprise that's happening here. And when I should say so. You can you can burn a resolve if you want to take an action, or you can reserve your six resolve that you start with, um, but. I, so you're in this junction where the time is slowing. You can either burn an action to try to make a defensive maneuver or, or like a basic maneuver, or you could let the scene play out. <laughs> I'm, uh, man, I'm tempted to test the, the 
unkillability of uh, characters in this system. But I think since I have six points, I, I, yeah, I'm going to burn a resolve to uh, okay. to evade. And uh, is that a? I, I'm assuming that's a check. You're, so yes, you're going to be making me a defense roll. So again, that's going to be a d12, and it's going to be versus whatever is attacking you, skill or combat uh, rating. Lady luck. Well, that's another nat one. Uh, now, that being said, you can burn as many resolves as you want to keep yeah. getting D4 bonus or um, so. Uh, even with the D4, I'd have to roll twice to to pass that. So, no, I'm just going to burn one resolve and take my uh, take my uh, my fish hooking. All right, so that gives you one nice opportunity to shout something uh, comically or make a weird sign of surprise to alert your friends as you are getting fish hooked. Can I, I think just pause I'm for just a moment here because I want to talk about how amazing it would be if this were John's character from the last game, like just <laughs> appearing out of nowhere. He comes in on the screen. I... Oh wow, that would be. We great. missed an opportunity there. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> miss you. Well, yeah. Let's let's pretend that this is like no. We already know it's goblins. I was going to say John from a parallel universe, just like John could playing Fistborg. You know, Look, like uh, the, catching the, a me. We hear in the distance. It's for your health. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's we'll, we'll go with that. All I say is like a shrill, high pitched scream because this shit sucks. So you are pulled and slammed against the side of the bridge, and you feel Damn. this thing like pulling with all of its weight. You're hearing on both sides of you the sounds of hoots and haul hollers of like war cries, and you're seeing like the sound of grappling hooks and ropes, and you're seeing like little goblin limbs beginning to clamor around the side of the bridge. Uh, so you have armor. So you are going to so you first go ahead and um, roll me your soak. Um, That's a brewski. d4. Right? That's going to be d6 for you. Ah, yes. Um, let me see. That dice isn't so bad. That one gave me a four. All right, four. Uh, so that is maybe I should just start rolling a d6 instead of a d12. So you all. So from that whole uh, interaction, you only take kind of a, a glancing um, blow from this as it's kind of dragged across your your keg. So it kind of just scratches in the face, drags on the hook on your keg, and then sinks inside the bridge you're seeing a whole mob of these goblins that are rising to attack you so far on the side of the bridge you see that there are three goblins clamoring under and by the sounds of hoots and yells there might be more even below clinging to the underside of the bridge as they are ambushing you so in the grand tradition of round robin uh, we will go ahead and start uh, so to begin with is you bridget what are you doing with Fimig? I'm going to fire my shotgun at the closest goblin. Good Great. plan. So for you, you're going to be rolling D12, and you need to be able to hit its combat number. It's a one. You rolled a one? I rolled a one. All right. Uh, so I want this to be a risk roll because you, um, that's going to make this a little bit more interesting. So roll me another D12. And this is a time where you don't want to roll low again. You want to roll higher to prevent uh, something bad happening from this. Can I take a mulligan? <laughs> no, you, you, you can still use your resolve. All right. Yeah, I'll use my resolve because it's got to be better than this. Two ones in a row is not. 
four. All right. Four. That is just enough to prevent you from failing and having your shotgun blow back up in your face. Good. Um, you can hear somewhere in the far distance the sound of like little mechanical legs clicking and like a little like chai laughter. Uh, you're <laughs> sure your thing is coming for you. Um, <laughs> no. So you have this thunderous roar, and as your shotgun just blasts wildly and bucks, you hear something yelling and almost as intensely as your shotgun is roaring from the other side of the bridge in the direction that you're coming, uh, as if it is a war challenge or cry. Next is you, so, Mr. Wait, wait, I am going to do one more. Is there one more thing I can do during my turn? I am oh, going yes, to you can a do a move action, you can do a defense, uh, and you can do your attack. Pardons. Okay. Um, so once per round, I can give an extra attack action to one of my cohorts here. That's correct. So, um, Pashka, you're up. I'm giving you an extra attack action. Fantastic. All right. All right. We'll go um, ahead and let you do that now, Pashka. This has to be happen immediately, and then we'll pop back to the uh, order of initiative. Just All real right. quick, the roar that you mentioned. I was unclear. Is it from behind us or in front of us? In front of you. Gob okay, cool. It's the, the clockwork. It's roaring. All right. Oh, I'm hot tonight. That's an 11 to I know attack. You I'm giving him all my attack moves. Yeah. So that's an 11 to attack. Um, let me just do my normal thing. Okay. Uh... Where... Yes, that is going to be a successful hit. Uh, so you see uh, that as it's coming over the side that this is a full-blooded goblin warrior. It's got big biceps, probably because he's been hanging on the side of the bridge while you guys were figuring out what you were doing. Uh, looks slightly exhausted and very peeved. In his mouth, he's got a knife, uh, and you see that he has strapped to his back a long and cruel-looking spear. And so what is it that you just did to him? Which weapon did you use? I took my snaggletooth, uh, which is uh, my <laughs> my large mining pick yes. that I basically just kind of ran up. It was just like, I wanted to go down the canyon. <laughs> and I just bury that thing into his shoulder because I imagine. Absolutely. Uh, so go ahead and roll me the damage for that. And Snaggletooth does D8, D8. damage. Yeah. Now keep in mind, again, if you want to use Resolve on top of your damage roll, you can do that if you so choose. Okay, and so Resolve for this, I get to roll a D... D4. Uh, D4. Damage D4. extra on top of your D8. So yeah, let's let's do the extra damage. Where did my All D4s right. go? How did I not have any of my pyramids in my thing? Because they're lurking on the floor waiting for you to step. Waiting for my toes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, those are the worst. I hope that you is... know that your uh, your spouse is urging you to fail, uh, Pashki. <laughs> In the chat stream. <laughs> I love you, Jack. That's That's an yeah. extra hey, two. So I, rolled, right, a, so I rolled a four, four and then a two. All right, so you do six damage to it. You bring your pick down... And there's this sound of like, a popping, like a fresh pumpkin just being. Is <laughs> that sound? Uh, and it doesn't even make a gurgle. You can just see Snaggletooth come out of its mouth and he falls into the canyon. Uh, from underneath the bridge, you hear the so wail as uh, something watches the lifeless body fall. You don't <laughs> hear it hit the ground. Uh, next, back up, in, uh, unless there's anything else you want to do with your move action, um, Bridget. 
No. Uh, all right. So that would put us over to Charles. So Bruski, what are you doing? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. that was my Bridget attack. That wasn't my attack. That's oh, correct. Right. Next initiative, um, going in the order of the, the, the OBS. So that would be okay. Charles one and then Charles two. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I will take aim at the, uh, like, is the goblin that threw the hook at me in sight? Uh, yes, it is climbing over the side towards you. Not for fucking long, he's not. I'm going to hit that guy with the hangover, which is, uh, I, I really like, I love this weapon, so I'm going to describe it out loud for y'all. Hang on a second. Da, 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 where is it? Um... Never mind. Maybe I'll just smack you with it I, instead. As it's written, a big mall made from lead shot fill, a lead shot filled keg on a stick. Yeah. So it's just like it's an entire keg full of lead shot on a stick. I I love this weapon. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So let's see if I can connect. Come on, you treacherous so and so. Oh, at last nine. Nine. So yes. you gear up and you swing and you get that satisfying crunch of keg on bone. You betcha. Roll me into damage. A, that is D10 for the hangover. Right? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. As painful as the film series. Um, that's seven. Seven damage. So there's oh, this. And I'd like to burn a resolve point to stack five on that. Absolutely. So as you connect your um, your keg on a stick with the goblin, you feel like all of its bones shatter instantly, but then you still like dig your heels in and put more force into the blow. You splatter the goblin across all of his compatriots that are climbing up the side. You see that there are another three of these on their same ropes coming up, and uh, you get them right in the eyes, and you hear like this, this <laughs> like curse in goblin that you probably means like, ah, I got Greg in my eyes. Um, <laughs> and they are uh, starting to be demoralized. You can start seeing them uh, quivering a bit as you have just, uh, A, punctured one like a ripe piece of fruit, and the other one you've just splattered. Um, so I do have to say, um, we've learned tonight the goblins are much like pumpkins. Um, one of them got cut like a fresh one. This is more like, you know, one of your old ass, like sad grandpa pumpkins, like two weeks after Halloween, you know, mm. just boom, you want everywhere. Even the squirrels don't want to chew it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mold's already done with it, moved on to better pastures. Uh, so with that, it brings us to... Mr. Paschke, what is Bothick doing? Uh, Bothick has his his uh, good old Snaggletooth ready to go with seven to just any other near goblins. Give All me. right. So you see some other coming over the side of the bridge. I charge them. <laughs> you won't stop us now! <laughs> go ahead and make me your attack. Okay, so I rolled a seven. Okay, that is sufficient. Uh, you bring your already kind of gore-ridden uh, pick down, and there's, that again, that kind of satisfying whoomph sound and bone cracking as you absolutely puncture 
this uh, goblin. All right, I rolled a three, and then I rolled another two on my d4. All right. You said two and three? Yeah. All right, so you swing this all the way through its head, but (laughs) it opens its mouth, and it just drools blood, and it pulls itself off your, your pick, And, like, one eye is kind of, like, bulging out, and it's still, like, trying to climb up the side. Um, The other of the goblins that are on the ropes next to it look at whatever just happened to this one. They look up to you, and they're starting to have a, uh, a, uh, like, a break in their morale. So they're going to check. They do not lose their nerve, and they uh, redouble um, and are starting to come up the side. Now, sometimes during the, the your action, you can also do your defense in advance when you're in close proximity. When you're getting attacked, we'll just go back and retroactively do your defenses in order. Uh, that way, so no one gets an unfair attack. Uh, you still have a move action if you want, and you can also go ahead and defensively make your, re- your defense roll if you want, because you can see that you're going to be mobbed by these goblins that are coming up over the side. What would okay. you like to do with the rest of your action, Bothic? I would I would backpedal to, to reconnoiter with my friends. All right, so you back up towards the center of the, the bridge, kind of defensively, mm-hmm. um, kind of like tactfully withdrawing from their uh, their advance. So uh, coming over the sides immediately on the bridge, there are two on the left side that are going to be converging uh, towards you, um brewski because you just absolutely splattered the goblins their their friends and that's the goblin going to be the, the first kind of major threat uh so go ahead and make me one defense roll as one of these goblins uh, pulls out a spear from behind his back and lunges at you that's unpleasant one moment how did i do with you there it is okay and my defense is a not very robust four. So you try to maneuver yourself, but you've swung so hard that you kind of left your side open. One of these warriors... Also, uh, let's be honest, I'm at least three quarters of the way shit-faced. Mm-hmm. There's no better way to be. Uh You've left yourself exposed, and one of these goblins finally like wipes out the last of the gore out of his eyes and lunges at you with that spear, <laughs> uh, crying that same kind of name that you heard before when they fell lifelessly into the canyon. It must be the goblin's name. It's some type of oath of vengeance. Uh, lunge- <laughs> <laughs> lunges at, at you. Um, so go ahead and roll me your armor soak. That's a D6 for my hefty boy armor. And that's a five. So with this curse on his lips, screaming bloody murder, he shoves his spear into your armor and his spear just just deflects right off of it. It makes a loud (laughs) ping sound. Uh, He looks absolutely bewildered as he looks down at his spear, looks up at your giant keg on a stick and uh, doesn't look very confident in his life decisions at that moment. (laughs) <laughs> the uh, other one uh, as uh, goes ahead and attacks um, and 
uh, go ahead and, and uh, you've already used your defense. So um, roll me your armor soak as this other one tries to move in and flank and then tries to stick this in between your arm. Um, lucky D6. Oh, that's a that's a nat six. So this goblin tries as hard as he can to shove his spear in, uh, but you, uh, your armor is just too solid, and his uh, spear just drags across the side of it. Uh, Bridget, um, as you are standing there on the side, um, uh, just real quick, as as these goblins ineffectually strike at me. I, I give a, a big, uh, you know, dwarfy laugh and uh, and and boom out. Behold the power of liquor. We want to hear the dwarfy laugh, though. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Good for Santa. Yes. Good for dwarves. I love it. Yeah. It's multi-use, yeah. Um, so you are. Um, so when uh, da, 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 da. so as you are standing there, Bridget, watching this unfold, um, you are beginning to smell this odor coming from on the other side of the bridge. It's accentuated with something metallic and something almost uh, herbaceous, and advancing towards the uh, the far, the edge of the bridge that you were advancing towards, you see a goblin that is covered in strange runes like there's body paint uh, ashes and blood daubed on its body uh, across its head it has like scarification and like weird fetishes and its hair um, and you're pretty sure that its eyes might be glowing okay. um, but it seems to be muttering something under its breath um, and you are starting to feel like the hair on the back of your neck beginning to stick up. Uh, Mr. Uh, Paschke, you know, this is one of the rare times I don't call you by your character names because the, the random name generator has really made tongue twisters <laughs> of these dwarf names. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but I, I love it. Uh, where else yeah, are you going to play as a, a Bothic? Great, great dwarf names. Mm -hmm. uh, Bothic, uh, three of these, uh, or, or sorry, two of these goblins uh, have climbed up over the side and make their advance on you. Uh, go ahead, and you've already made one of your defense rolls, I believe, correct? Um, have I? I don't think I, don't, I, I don't, maybe don't, not. I don't go think I have. Make, go ahead and make me your defense roll as two uh, of these are advancing towards you to attack. Okay, so that's a three. Okay. My hot so, streak has ended. You are so baffled by the fact that your pick didn't instantly kill this goblin and that he's still hanging by a thread um, that you leave yourself open and it dumbly swings the, the jagged knife um, that held by its side uh, towards you lazily. Uh, roll me your armor soak. Right, for you, that is D8. D8 armor soak. Damn. Two. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you I didn't mean take to... a small gouge as it just stumbles forward and skewers you with a knife. You could feel that it just penetrates kind of like a tin can, but doesn't get too deep into your organs. So you just take one point of vital damage. Okay. And it just looks up to you, this lolling is like parts of its brain are just flowing out of its mouth. And it's just, 
is kept by some type of primal urge to just stab dwarves. Uh, its friend comes up <laughs> behind you and then tries to shank you as well with one of those wicked spears. Uh, go ahead and roll me your soak. I already, I already rolled a, a one. A one? I rolled a one. I saw so, his face light up and I didn't know which way that was going. <laughs> yeah, same here. So yeah. <laughs> this is one of those cases where it's the small stab in the front, but the big one in the back. Uh, the spear <laughs> punches through your armor, making a loud funk sound, and you take four points of vital damage. Um, you know, you if it had been like five or more, a... then you would have actually been wounded. You so say that you like just... it's a day-to-day -day occurrence. Like that's like one of your, you know... Just like, well, you know, it's one of those things. A small stab in the front, big stab in the back. Mm -hmm. I mean, how you're going Wednesday. to the store, right? You're yeah. at you're at Kroger's <laughs> because you're old and and you just you know, you get stabbed in the front, you're like, ah, my kidneys, and then you get speared in the back, and you're like, ah, my other kidney. Sorry, Charles. Uh <laughs> no, I've I've got I've got more than the fair share. So you've, like, got, you've got a spare, so yeah. The well, odds that I'm going to get stabbed in the kidney are, are actually higher than the than average. So yeah. <laughs> so you take a, a more sizable uh, bit of damage, and with that, since all these other attacks have been pretty ineffectual, this one roars in triumph. Like you know that it's going to be getting some type of um, extra bonus pay or something, uh, and oh, the rest no, of the goblins roar in excitement. Uh, top of the initiative. So uh, for you, uh, Finnig, you're kind of locking eyes with this uh, magic user, shaman, uh, cleric of some kind, uh, and it seems to be you know curling its lips in a curse as it's looking Terrible at you. Terrible conjunctivitis sufferer? All right, I think I'm going to have to charge at this thing with my machete. I think that it's leaving me no other recourse here. Um, I'm first. I'm going to let let my good friend here know that um, I forgot his dwarf name. Sorry, Pashki. Um, but it's uh, that I'll put him back together when I'm back. Don't worry. I'll I'll take care of that that spear wound. Um, I've had worse. <laughs> and then I'm going to charge at this shaman with the voice of the dark. All right. Well, as a as a question. Almost every creature, even though dwarves are very proud, brave characters or you know um figures there's always something that they fear and what type of insect really unnerves finnig oh um he hates those house centipedes with all the legs like the little fuzzy ones yeah Absolutely. ah the wandering eyebrows of mm -hmm. mother nature <laughs> i'm gonna think of his wandering <laughs> eyebrows from now on um so um there is, um, you feel like the very surface of your brain being scraped just a bit as you're being charged with a shaman, and their eyes flash a little bit with this like actinic glare, and all of a sudden the the ground is just covered in those walking eyebrows, uh, and you are mobbed by a whole, I don't know what you would call a gang of uh, centipedes, um, a a more my yeah. my my worst fucking nightmare. Uh, so it's, yeah, you're getting attacked by a myopod of these house centipedes with their long legs getting underneath your armor. Um, and it is one of the most horrible thing that you can experience. Um, they I mean, swarming you, just taking the charge out of you or your the momentum of your charge and kind of anchoring you in place. Uh, roll me D12. 
That's how many centipedes you swallow. One. <laughs> One. Well, that is that's good. Oh, that good. is actually a good thing. Uh, so <laughs> for the first time, completely engulfed in centipedes, which is some of the words <laughs> that you never want to hear. Uh, but it is just your luck that you are engulfed in a mass of centipedes. You can hear their legs chittering and, and gliding off your armor, and you are spending your whole action pulling these off. Um, basically, you are mobbed by this writhing mass. So if you do more actions rather than kind of pull these off for the one round, uh, then you take automatic damage. Uh uh, unless you want to burn resolve, but the fact that you rolled one means you're just affected by this for one round. So you can sacrifice okay. your action this round or burn a resolve and, and tear through it. Um, but yeah, sorry, bro. 12, I gotta boy, deal with this. That wouldn't roll bad. Yeah, I, I gotta deal with this. You're on your own. <laughs> I looked it yeah. up. A grouping of centipedes is called a myriapod, like a myriad. A myriapod. Because it's a myriad That's of actually... That's actually it kind of rolls off the tongue, much like the centipedes would, I imagine. Wow. <laughs> off your armor and then back onto your face. Uh, yeah. So you are, um, feel free as a free action, because you're allowed to do as many free actions as you want. You can scream in terror. That's what I'd probably be doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to scream in terror and wretch. That sounds like a capital idea. Uh, so that is consumed the rest of your turn, unfortunately. Um, the... The worst thing about it is it's hard to hear the, the, like anything else other than like the legs like winding together and like shoving in your ear canal. The shaman is just like giggling with this high-pitched, just off-canner cackle, and it's just unpleasant. Uh, next in initiative uh, is going to be um, you, uh, Egg Boy. <laughs> Brewski. Brewski. Um, yeah, I'm going to... Uh charge the hell over there and uh give that magic user one hell of a hangover i hope um Ooh. yeah all right here's your move action to charge yep oh it's about damn time yep that's a nine uh all right uh so you swing and you connect uh the hangover with the shaman and I'm going to burn one more resolve to auto stack that five before I roll damage. Oh, for you, I'm sorry. I should clarify. You're not burning your resolve for that. That's vitality. So you're taking one damage. Ah, that's so, fine. I've, no, no, I'm, which is I'm, better I'm, because you get to save yeah. your resolve. Um, and then out of combat, your vitality basically re I have a it shitload charges of it. Yeah. back. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to stack five. And then it's a D6 damage. Or is it a D10? It's a D10 for that big boy, isn't it? That is correct. All right. One moment while I look among my many die, many dices. All right. Here we go. Uh, that would be a 10. Nat 10. Nat 10. So that is a, so if you got a nat 10 on that, that counts as uh, you get some extra damage uh, on top of that for rolling full. But in, in essence, um, I repeat my Greg trick. Absolutely. See, you, you said in my character description that I'm bad at magic, but I'm making motherfuckers vanish left and right over Ooh. here. Yeah, I've been impressed so far. <laughs> uh, so give me uh, what is so what is your your witty thing that you say um, as you pulverize the shaman? 
Oh, I wish I could remember any of the catchphrases from Legend of the Drunken Master. Not that there were any catchphrases. Abracadabra. But, um... <laughs> yeah, abracadabra. Abracadabra. <laughs> smasher. Um, so you absolutely being in uh, this shaman's skull. Um, you see that this thing is festooned with the protective wards and none of them are strong enough to prevent the killer hangover that it is now enduring. Um, as you crush its skull, you hear the rest of the goblins shriek in terror and they're going to basically make a uh, morale check. Um, you hear the goblins um, like begin to wail as you've smashed the shaman. And they go back on the, they start running the opposite way on the bridge to like clear out. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to do that drunk thing where even though they're already running away, I'm, I'm kind of chasing them just to like hurry them on a little bit with the hangover. Yeah, a lot of posturing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A lot of drunken posturing. As you are running back over the bridge, you hear the sounds of more things moving underneath the bridge. Uh, in the opposite direction, of course, like towards, you know, like the, uh, you know, in the direction where you're chasing them. Um, there are a lot more of these goblins than you expected, and maybe they might be a problem again, so you kind of chase them into the distance. But for now, <laughs> they've retreated, uh, and you hear, like, the sounds of whimpering and uh, screaming in the distance. I'm not going to chase them into the distance. It's just kind of like, you know, ah, you get out of here, you. I mean, there's no option. I can, like, stop on the bridge. He's going to go all the way to the end, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the goblins. Um, the, so... the bridge has been thoroughly buttered, and I just go sliding the whole <laughs> way. All right. So you regroup yourself and scrape off bug guts and... What now? You've kind of survived this initial onslaught, but you know that they might regroup as goblins tend to do. You see that there is a passageway deeper into the mountain. Um, what are your first steps? Um, uh, I'm going to take a big old double shot of Lemon Pledge to celebrate <laughs> my enormous victory and prowess. And I'm also going to um, use my skill in uh, carousing to uh, get everybody drinking on my flask of dwarven liquor and restore everyone's spirits. Like, not get faced, just a little jolly, you know? As a fun thing, there is actually an alcohol tracking mechanism in this where basically you take, like, temporary alcohol damage. But oh, that's the fun. dwarf liver is so potent that it is able to chew through a unit of alcohol in five minutes. Um, oh. So you, you could drink yourself to an, an inebriation, but you have to work pretty hard at it because dwarves are hardy. Uh, just as we'll, a Yeah, we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll just, you know, we'll just carouse it up a little bit. All right, yeah, I'm going to take a shot of that lemon pledge and uh, <laughs> try to patch up Pashki <laughs> over here. Yeah, good idea. Steady your hands first. It's a good yeah, idea. exactly. For the nerves. I ran right. And for yeah. your health. All right, I'm going to roll my D12, and let's see how well I can patch him up. Oh, it's two. <laughs> it's two. Now, nice. now, before you start cutting, um, your vitality will uh, recover over time because you kind of regenerate just a bit. So if he just kind of walks off, he'll be oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. I, I insist. <laughs> she rolled a two, so I think that means he, like, she accidentally cuts uh, off a nipple, one of his yeah, nipples. Yeah, so go ahead and roll me a risk. Uh, so it gets D12 and let me know how you did. And let's see if you actually inflict damage to our friend. A one. It's a, it's a nipple. It'll grow back. All right. Uh, so you 
I mean, I'm a male um, dwarf. Do I really need nipples? I, I Nevertheless, using, two of them. What are you using to patch them up with? Are you using like a scalp? What is it you're using? Uh, you know, my I've got a um, I've got a pot of glue, some random screws and nails. <laughs> I've got all kinds of stuff that will stick them back together. Yeah, right. that's, so you just take a wad of glue with some random screws and nails and just shove it in his, his like his puncture wound to seal them up, uh, and. Uh, uh, you feel Blothic, uh, like your your blood hurts a little bit, and you feel like stinging in your body. I don't know, fighting off tetanus or something. Yeah, uh, it's uh, not pleasant. So you take uh, another two points of vital damage. It's like screws are now stuck to your flesh. You're so not I'm bleeding at, anymore, but it's real uncomfortable. So I'm at seven seven damages now. <laughs> yeah, or am I at eight? I did the one, and then I got... Uh, well, it depends. Set. If you try doing jumping jacks right now with screws and nails uh, in your puncture <laughs> wound, you're probably going to be at eight for sure. But if a, a goblin dwarven... bumps into him, they'll take damage. So That's a good point. I'm a dwarf in Morocco right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is perfect. So do you continue uh, going down this passage or are you going to be gluing nails and uh cobbling other interesting contraptions together i think we can go down the passage now i've my work here is done thank you i hope you dramatically I, like yeah i appreciate it yeah yeah i'm real proud of myself so you descend down oh, this passageway well. for another hour the passageway begins to shrink just a bit you can see that this was, must have been some type of old natural pathway and at some point it's been carved to maintain like a steady uh, width that it's a width of about six dwarves abreast it can how many goblins is that uh that would be uh at least eight to twelve depending on how much they've been starved by their warlord hmm. so you eventually come across um, this opening back up as if you were kind of a funnel and it opens into uh, like uh, like a set of extremely large, vast iron doors that span the gulf. These doors are crumpled and the um, and like one is torn off of its hinges. I mean, this thing is the um, is almost is uh, cyclopean in size, for lack of better words, uh, and the other one is kind of laying askance, um, as if this something had just casually tossed the door off. The gates themselves are smeared with soot, and you can see from the ground below it there was must have been a big disturbance because the floor has been chipped um, and cracked. Now one of us is like has beast read or whatever, right? I can know animals and know plants. You think you could tell from the scratches on the floor what the hell that might be? I think I could try. So that one's not going to necessarily need a roll because there's nothing natural that could possibly move this type of amount of sheer iron and reinforced structure this could only be done with some type of grave and dark magic the fact that there is some type of uh, like sooty remains of some type of strong evocation uh kind of gives signal that this is something definitely not natural 
Oh, we're gonna get our asses kicked by whatever that thing is. But it, but the, as you look, though, you see that there's little bits of cave moss kind of growing here and there. So this must have happened aeons ago. Hmm. I have nothing my to urge lose. to repair that dro that door is rising, so we better yeah. probably move on. <laughs> uh, a quest of some kind. Um. Any anything else that you're wanting to do, or are you wanting to just pass on through to the other side? Ever forward. All right. Uh, who's who's going through first? Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let him. We can send Pashki through backwards because he's got that natural like defense now that I put on him. I mean, like, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the spearhead at least is still in me because. <laughs> It just makes the most sense. So yeah. Well, and it's not going anywhere now. So yeah, it's no, glued it's in. Stuck there, good. So, uh, go ahead and roll me d twelve then. Three. All right. As you are passing through these gates, the on the other side, you could see that there must have been some other type of. Um, some type of fallout from whatever blew these doors off. The rock itself is on the other sides of the door is charred and blackened with some type of terrible force. Um, but then past that, the passageway through the mountain uh, continues as it did before, just as showing no signs of whatever this giant um, cataclysm was. But you hear something far in the distance kind of echoing down this corridor, like thick, heavy, lazy footsteps. Hmm. I ready my crossbow this time. No, I like lazy footsteps. I, I've learned that lazy footsteps often lead to gentle creatures, so let's hope. Do you want oh, to a make a check to identify this? And sure, this let's see if I can. Time? Okay. Good idea. Seven. So you are pretty sure that by the kind of shuffling, thumping, lazy footprints or uh, footfalls, that this is likely an ogre. So one ogre uh, by itself, normally they go in pairs. So you're not exactly sure what that might mean. Um, but that might inform you to how you want to approach this. They are, of course, large, thick, very resilient creatures if you engage them in combat, um, but they tend to be a little bit clumsy. Are they um, automatically hostile? Are they sentient? So they are, if anything, you can reason with, with any type of creature if it so wants to be. Ors are they take offense very easily, uh, very easily angered, but they can be bribed or they can be cajoled. But uh, if you ever insult them in the wrong way, then uh, you'll find uh, how unpleasant they can really be. Look, all I'm saying is we got a lonely ogre here. We've got beer. I bet we could grow yeah, down. Yeah, I was going to say, I got all kinds of stuff that I can I can gift to this fine individual. Right. So we're we're gonna put the moves on an ogre is what I'm hearing. Yeah. You bet. 
We're going to seduce this ogre. Well, it's, a single, it's a single ogre, we've been told. So that, that means that means not married, an unmarried ogre, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since you are the animal expert here, what's the most interesting fact that you know about ogres, Finnig? Um, I know that they prefer lager. This is something I know about them. And since we have a beer brewer with us, maybe he'll have something that the ogre will like. I do, as a matter of fact. I do. Um, so, like, okay. Um, it's either loggers or Bahama Mamas, and I don't think we have any with those with us so i'm gonna go with the logger <laughs> yeah um did you say that the stuff that i'd been brewing up was going to work as a logger uh our our illustrious gm ian it i mean loggers take a long time to ferment um because okay. you're cold cold brewing them so you're not you if you take time to open up your inventory and sample you can kind of know where it is you just know that it, the airlock is not as vigorously fermenting as you would expect it to Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, we'll just we'll just. It could be. It could be almost done. If the airlock is slowed down, fermentation is slowing, so it, it might have eaten all the sugar. Uh, so, are you going to approach this ogre? I mean, it's not it seem to be any hurry. You're not even, like you're hearing it echo through. It's outside the, the light of your torch or your lanterns, but you just hear it kind of meandering in your direction. I mean, then we've got time to get the beer ready to set a little scene, um, <laughs> get some ambiance right. going. Describe this for me. With all the various uh, accoutrements you have in your inventory, what is it that you do to appease this ogre? Okay, we're going to well, turn, well, we can turn our lantern lights down, first of all, I think. Okay. Oh, I, I, I've got mining. Can I carve a table and chairs so that when the ogre gets here, uh, We've got like a nice place for him to relax. It would take quite some time to just carve a chair out of the side of the wall. That I thought would I'd not ask. be. They'll be done in you know a couple minutes. It would take for it to reach you. Okay. Um, that's okay though because I have a tin of hardtack cookies. Mm. I also have. Uh, I don't know. Do ogres like oats? I've got um both. Ah, I see. Um, I have both booze and uh, it says here stale to bitter ale, but like that's kind of always how I've liked it. So, uh, yeah, I have a what the fuck is a firkin? Whatever that is. I have one of those of uh, ale a and a flat is, is like a quarter quarter keg that is wooden and dispenses beer through uh, like air displacement. Oh, so it's like that. If you ever see like gravity poured beer that it doesn't use like uh like an engine for like um other cask beers, this so it's as portable. It's basically just ambient beer. Is it like a a, a party keg basically? And that, for a dwarf, it would be yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have that tapped ready to go. I've got a a, a flask of uh dwarven hooch, which uh you know. It might not be high quality, but I add just enough lemon pledge to give it that like mm, citrus kind of limoncello vibe. That little something. Yeah, and uh, I think that's everything I've got to make the. Oh, I've got toothpicks. So I put a fancy toothpick through each individual hardtack cookie. Um, you break half your toothpicks trying to get it into the hardtack, but you. That's all right because it says right here too many toothpicks. So by definition. <laughs> I have okay, enough. Too many yeah. so you, set, 
a lovely little scene here. You've yeah. got mood lighting, beer spirits slash floor cleaner, uh, copious toothpicks <laughs> for all of his teeth. Yep. Uh, some things that might qualify as cookies. And <laughs> um, eventually this thing shuffles into light. Uh, into the very dim light. You can first see its legs, like big, stocky, ochre flesh. It is barefooted, and it is just wearing a loincloth. Almost stereotypically over its shoulder, it's hoisting a big club that looks to be extremely well-worn and stained. Uh, it... uh, do any of, just before, before we launch into this scene, do either of you guys have your primary, uh, oh, I see, service skills. Okay, never mind. Um... Yeah, like I've got Carouser as my service skill, so I think I'm going to, uh, yeah, it says right here, enthusiasm, team spirit, bolster resolve, hold my liquor, celebrate, inspire, and drinking. Yeah, I think I'm going to play host to our ogre friend. Man, I just realized that no one picked the cook that I made. I guess that was because John wasn't isn't playing this evening. Uh, yeah. All right, so... You, this thing is surprised, but not in a bad way. It's just more flummoxed that you have this thing set out as if you're greeting it rather than meeting it with immediate hostility. And it looks at you kind of dumbfounded, uh, blinking one eye at a time in kind of slow astonishment. It kind of opens its mouth kind of uh, dumbly and uh, looks a little bit confused at A, dwarves on the mountain again, and then B, the scene. Um, tell me, how is it that you engage this to set the situation? And then we'll roll some dice here. Okay. Um, my approach is going to be, friend Ogre, we have prepared this welcome repast for you um, in the interests of forging good relationships with our most respectable and beloved neighbors, the Ogres, um, and we would invite you to partake. All right. Okay. Well, all right. So the ogre thinks for a second. Like you could hear the brain cells grinding over one another in its uh, large head, and eventually just says, Okay. <laughs> and sits cross-legged on the floor with a heavy thump, uh, kind of making everything rattle in front of it. It uh, gratefully accepts all of the, the hospitality that you offered, and in between eating uh, all of the hardtack cookies uh, without taking the toothpicks out, just eating <laughs> it, toothpicks and all, says, you know, at one point, we were, we were allies, but people forget and the dwarves are returning, but it's been a long time and so much bad blood. And he, like, sees your tin of toothpicks and then kind of... Yeah, I, I, I straight up, like, offer him all the toothpicks he wants. He just chugs all the toothpicks at once. <laughs> just like, he's screwing it as loudly. I, I turn just... to my, my, my friends. Should I give him the snuff? Should I let yes. him yeah, I've got jawbreakers too. Do you think he wants jawbreakers? Yeah. yeah, sure, man. Okay, I we'll offer him. all the stops for this guy. Um, so he takes a, 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 a well, you to, to him is a pinch of snuff, but to you is your entire bag. <laughs> Evan just snuffs it in one go. Um, 
you see his nose kind of get a little bit red and he's holding back a sneeze. He sees your bag of jawbreakers, accepts it, and shoves it in his mouth and then sneezes, shooting like <laughs> shotgun pellets all around the place, shouting one of your lanterns and then just ricocheting pellets down uh, the, ha- the, the hallway. And he goes, I bet you uh, ran into the... You seem to just, like swallow all the gob, you know, all the uh, jawbreakers at once, and like he like stops for a second, his eyes bulge out, and he punches himself <laughs> in the throat until it goes down. <laughs> Goblins, um, they've been real bad in these parts. Um, one you got to really look out for is the the real tall one with the scarred face. Uh, he's missing an ear. Uh, he's the he's the one that calls the orders in these parts. But, All right. I think at that point we say, you know, thank you very much, friend. Um, we hope to be back this way, and we'll we we look forward to warmer relations with the ogres now that we are returning. It's a new age of dwarven diplomacy, and uh, and as you can tell from my own, you know, hearty, fun-loving manner, like we're not the dour, you know, dwarves you used to know. And uh, by the way, we we. Uh, we killed a bunch of goblins back there if they were bothering you. Including uh, a big one. There was a big one we took down. I think he wasn't a Scarface with one ear, though. He was no, had but fetishes on his head. He was at least important of some kind. So. Yeah. You can tell him we killed the shaman ogre. The ogre with his you know, big meaty fingers reaches inside of his jaw and he starts like, wiggling a tooth. And you hear this like sickling grizzly sound with like a like a like a champagne cork and he pulls out a molar and he gives it to you and he's just like thank you oh that's awesome i i take it with a gracious bow i accept his gift and uh maybe i should give him a friendship token in exchange what else do i have i can give him um do, do, do. or do you want to you guys want to uh gift him something i mean i could I, I don't want to run out of pipe weed. I guess I could have him smoke some glue, but no. I, I... Smoke, <laughs> smoke some glue. Give him two cigar butts. Can nice. I give him one of my teeth? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you've you got, got the right. equipment for it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to take out my slightly crooked Phillips screwdriver and pop out one of my own. <laughs> grimacing the entire time because it's incredibly painful. All right. So and then take- I give him my tooth. You take two points of vitality damage because it's extremely painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're a doctor and you know what you're doing. So, I do. <laughs> uh, I'll fix it later. Are you going to take the time to pack it full of nail and glue or just let it dry socket? Um, you know... <laughs> nail and glue? <laughs> nail and glue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... maybe just like a single screw with glue in there, so... <laughs> That's my that's my meat tooth now. So yeah, all right. So the ogre takes with him the 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 uh, partially lagered um, keg with him, and uh, ambles down the the hallway uh, towards where you said you smashed all of the um, the goblins, and you hear him like licking his chops in eager anticipation. <laughs> I'm glad um, we weren't there for that. Mm-hmm. All right, so. You have been adventuring for the greater part of a day. Do you want to camp here, kind of in the middle of a hallway, or do you want to press forward and maybe find a better uh, advantage area to set camp? 
Hmm. Let's keep going. I'm all wired up from uh, Jawbreaker scraps, so let's... <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. Okay. From how you've been told where the this new, or not new, this reclaimed Dwarven Fortress is, you know that it's there is a pathway that kind of goes along the ridge of the mountains. So when you come to a fork that could take you deeper into the mountain, where there's a definitive scent of just more ogres and goblins, there's a path that goes up, um, and you can hear the sound of wind howling in the distance. So I'm assuming that you guys aren't wanting to derail and continue towards where you're supposed to go, unless you really want to venture into ogre land with uh, your tooth uh, show of friendship. Um, no, I think we'd keep... I mean, that's tempting, on. but... It is, but I think we want to showcase more of the um, system, and we've already done ogre diplomacy, which was fun. Yeah. All right, so you climb up through winding passageways and eventually you um, come out into the open air you see um, it's if you are like a the very top ridge of a mountain is hollowed out and above you you can see the sky um, it's just someone just like you're inside of a cavern and the top was shorn off uh, whoever hasn't rolled a d12 in a while go ahead and sling me one of those I'll do it. And may Lucifer have mercy on our souls. Sure uh, actually, that's that's 12, which oh, okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's good or bad. So the sky above is brilliantly bright. Um, the air is still. There's, you know that far in the distance that normally there is a, a wintry howl that accompanies through these mountains rolling through, but you're in a pot in a spot of just calm and brightness and illuminates this dark passage you can see that there is a uh, like a roadway or like a like a like a small bridge that goes over a small little looks to be like a frozen river and it goes up and on top of it goes up and out of this um mount uh, out of this uh, mount mouth I'm going to say the word mouth a whole bunch. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, out of the, the, the mountain onto the top of it. Gotcha. Hmm. So. Well, it might be interesting to go take a look-see out of, out of doors. I don't know. What do you guys think? I could go yeah, for some fresh air after all the ogre mouth and goblin and everything else. Goblin feet, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So as you cross over the small frozen river and you take this winding road that takes you up, you get this breathtaking look of this mountain chain. You can see in all directions. The direction that you came from on this journey days ago, it looks like it's completely engulfed in a giant blizzard. Um, you know that it would be almost impossible to go back the way you came if you desired it. In the far distance, you can see on top of a mountain peak, probably still another uh, day's march at least, coming out of the side of a mountain, you can see the edges of brick as if you like a, the stronghold itself is kind of peeking out the side of the cliff. 
So you know that you're getting, you're in the right direction and that you just still have a weary march to go. The roadway um, continues kind of perilously along the edge of a mountain. So you're lucky that you have um, really good weather, but as you see this road continue, the sides of the mountain are completely covered in snow and it's beginning to reflect into your eyes painfully. I need all of you to make me a risk test um, or risk going snow blind. Four. 11. 11, four, and? I had the wrong dice, there we go. Seven, I'm loving seven. All right, so despite being underground for so long, your eyes naturally adjust and you don't go snow blind, so huzzah. Uh, you march for about an hour on this road uh, and you are seeing that the road itself becomes uh, broken up as if uh, there were some old rock slides and stuff making this uh, much, much, much more perilous road. All of you make me one more risk check. Do we ever get to do a reward check? No. That was a three this time. Six okay. for me. Also three six. and six, so let's see. Do I just go three? tumbling down the mountainside? We'll come get you. Um, <laughs> so for you, I'm going to guess with that, um, do you, you feel your foot slip? This could be a case you're on the razor's edge of passing versus failing. Would you like to burn a resolve to keep I your footing? Would. I would like to burn a resolve to keep my footing. So all you need is one point. So no matter what you're on the D4, that would be sufficient. Uh, you catch okay, yourself by the then. beard. Yeah. You hear your beard. Your, uh, <laughs> catch catch myself by the beard? Yeah. Just like It's like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um. And uh, you advance um, carefully. Eventually, the road itself uh, dips back down and uh, back into the darkness. You see that as you advance back into this area, the uh, air takes on a much different quality to it. There is uh, like a odd freshness here compared to the cool fresh air of being outside this is that smell of like when you're in the middle of a thick forest not like any self-respecting dwarf would be in one of those places but that rich scent of loam and uh, humidity from like that nice humid smell mm. that's you know smells like elves to me yeah that's what i was gonna say this is elf shit lame <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, hella, hella lame. As you wind down deeper and through these passageways, they kind of snake and meander at kind of weird angles, as if you're almost going through like an old lava tube or something in the, in the mountain. Um, you come across this canyon that opens up, and the walls of the of this space are grooved out. I don't know if it's natural formation or done by dwarven hands. It's unknown but there is a garden that spans this area and each niche there's a different type of luminescent lichen or moss and the air itself seems to be almost has it's almost like a, like a aurora borealis 
or Alice, <clears throat> Aurora Bora, Aurora Bora. <laughs> we know what you mean. Northern Lights. Uh, thank yeah. Underground. Thank you. I, I think just Borealic. Borealis. Borealic is is probably or, or Auroric is Auroric. probably good. Aurora. Yeah, it's the Aurora Borealis underground in the middle of the yes. day. Yeah, that's yeah. Totally normal. Mm-hmm. So all these things together, kind of glowing softly, make strange lights that dances in the air. In the middle of this space, there is a, a pool that seems to be uh, iridescent and shifting with colors. By it, there is uh, there are some benches and almost looks to be um, almost like kind of a, like an arcade of some kind. Um, Maybe at one point this was some type of settlement, um, but now has kind of been overtaken by the riotous growth of these strange plants. Yeah, this definitely feels like elf shit. <laughs> well, we could, uh, like, I've got probably enough, like, uh, corn liquor left in my, you know, secret stash that we could set all this on fire if you guys want to do some cleansing. Mm. Provided that is that, uh, Oh my god, I'm going to do it too. Pashki's character, Bot- Botchkin. I'm going to call him Botchkin. <laughs> so, Botchkin, uh, do you have a uh, a flint and steel or like a Zippo or something? You know, same level of technology there. I mean, uh, uh, Pashki knows that <laughs> that his character, who has a name, that is that has that but his character is ignoring <laughs> you because his character's name is Bothic and Bothic, Bothic oh, I'm and, sorry buddy and it's just like we've been traveling together for for days <laughs> weeks I remember when I found you <laughs> lay there drunk and what you don't even remember my name you're you what? look why do you I, think I don't remember your name because you're drunk because you're always drunk and you don't remember anything. I know it and, always you know, ends like this every day. Sometimes <laughs> I just want to feel appreciated as the leader that it says on my character sheet. <laughs> Not that we've played that way at all. Uh, yeah, I have a flint and steel. <laughs> so, so you want to set something on fire? I mean, I after after that um, cathartic venting of feelings, I, I feel like you should tell tell me what the next step is. <laughs> no, I'm fine burning everything. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, let's do that. We're gonna set the glowing moss on fire. Should we keep some of the glowing moss just in case? We don't want to eradicate species. <laughs> no, I was saying in case we want to like smoke it or make beer with it or something. In that it case, could, yes. It could, it could act like peat moss and clarify it. See? Yeah, let's... Uh, Irish yeah. moss. That, that's a good Irish idea. Moss. My bad. I'm let's just saying, speaking let's as someone with scientific inclination, we... yes. and by that I mean I'm a mechanic and a magician, so clearly I'm the scientist here. Yes. I think we yeah. should smoke or drink the moss. I'm going to empty all of the oats out of my oat sack. And uh, I am going to fill it with various types of glowing moss, carefully separated by, I don't know, uh, one of my other items. 
So you start picking the moss, and when you pick it, it kind of quivers just a bit, as if it's resisting being harvested. And hmm. it it shakes itself almost like a koosh ball. And then after a few kind of these, like, twitching pulsations, it stops and goes limp. All right, I put it back. <laughs> That's enough for you. You're just like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, no. <laughs> I think I, I don't want to hurt anything that's like Koosh-ball esque. You're going to burn adorable. it. I know. Like, I'm, I'm having second thoughts now. Well, uh, now I mean, that you we know killed it. Yeah. Oh, wait. I can know a plant. Can I know the glowing moss? Uh, yeah, so go ahead. This is something you're not that familiar with. So go ahead and make me a check just to see if you roll off the head, off the top, if it's safe to eat or what to do with it. It's an eight. Eight. So you know that this is something you're not familiar with. And the fact that you're saying you know that there's something quirky about this, like it's not a wholly natural. So there must have been some sort of magical influence here at, at some point that it's kind of. It's a lichen and a moss together with kind of an odd animalistic character about it. As if it's going on its evolution towards being something, but it's not quite there yet. You're pretty sure it's not sentient or it can't feel pain, but that twitching and writhing was kind of odd. You notice that the other lichen nearby and other patches of moss kind of change color just a bit, getting a little bit darker after uh, that one next to it beginning to kind of shrivel up and Hmm. Yeah, so here's what I know. I have no idea what the hell this is. Um <laughs> but I think it it's it's not liking being picked right now. So maybe we should just leave it be and not set it's, it on fire, smoke it or drink it. It's probably safe to eat, is what you think. And it could be safe. <laughs> we could always just try just to be sure. I mean <laughs> I eat some. I love that policy. Like, you, you know, eat it just to be sure that it's yeah. I, I it's the great white the most... shark principle. You put it in your mouth and figure <laughs> yeah. out what it is. Exactly. Yeah. It's the toddler principle. <laughs> as, the puppy as, principle. Yeah. As the leader of the group, I volunteer strictly because <laughs> I have taken the most damage. <laughs> and if one of us has to die, it should be me for failing you. As a, as a it's gonna be fine i can fix it whatever happens oh okay. this is this is going to be great all right go ahead then and and it's one of our kind of last rolls here go ahead and roll me a risk check Bye. fantastic so you feel a warmth kind of radiating from your body like it starts in your stomach almost like some of that floor polish your friend is so constantly drinking and as it gets to your <laughs> fingertips your fingertips kind of grow a little bit cold and as you're looking at your skin you feel like it's glowing like you are seeing spots uh, appear in your body and there's are the colors always that bright have they always been that loud like that uh aurora borealis is just getting uh, more vibrant and swelling, like you're seeing strange stars and constellations in it, and uh, your friends look like wooden statues of themselves, and um, they're just staring at you with blank wooden eyes, and it's really weird. I mean, he's got that annihilation <laughs> thing. It's, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, after, um, does he tell us about what's happened? Do you talk to these statues, or do you just let them stare at you with their mute, blank eyes? 
I think we can tell by the dilation of his eyes, if nothing else. Yeah, we I should mean, probably smoke and drink it, right? Yeah, he, he'd probably yeah. just like you remind me of my friends from from back in the before <laughs> time, from the long long ago when when we traveled the lands, and and I just I always remembered how how like your beard <laughs> was the shortest of the group. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that's basically he he just starts to go on about that and then he moves on to the other the other wooden figure which is clearly made of wood i would sandpaper you until you were smooth smooth as the person you were based off of but you Sir, are not. that's a rock no yeah <laughs> <laughs> um sir this and- is a wendy's <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, so with that, you're able to harvest as much of this as you want uh, for your recreational purposes. And after a long journey, it is a perfect place to make your camp. You know that you still have a long journey to go before you get to your new home where you can help rebuild your honor and reestablish the dwarven presence in these mines and these caverns which are clearly you know being have fallen taint to some other civilization and the goblins and the ogres and such so perhaps maybe after another uh day's march or so you'll find yourself in your new home uh, i guess the real question is are you still going to light that garden on fire eventually when you leave or are you going to let it still be colorful i guess uh that's the, the, the dangling action now that we know that Eating it rules will probably yeah, it's useful. Put around, yeah, definitely. I'd say that dwarves are pragmatists above all things, and uh, you know, although we do make beautiful things as well. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll keep it. Um, tripping is a very pragmatic thing to do. I find. I do think that as we bed down for the night, all of us with our dilated eyes looking at each other in wooden form. <laughs> the, the last thought we should have is that at least one of us should say to the other, "We've come a long way, baby." So that we can... <laughs> a full closure. Beautiful, and, beautiful, and beautiful, scene. <laughs> and scene. Uh, thank you so much, Mister Pashki. If you would take us out. Of oh, I already mind. have. That was okay. Good, and and back to yeah. big talking head mode. Um, so tonight we have had a ball playing axes and anvils. Who shields up publishing uh from who shield uh shield up publishing yeah 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 i i was, I was trying to remember the fellow's name oh i'm so uh, andrew shield andrew shield thank you uh and we had a great time so if you like dwarves if you like beards and beers and caves and cool stuff then maybe think of picking this up uh links to it are in our um, show notes. Uh, they will be in all the social links for this. Um, we have the drive-through RPG link there. The um, like basic rule set that we played tonight is available for free. And then there are expansions that you can buy on top of that. I believe, if I'm correct, That's right, correct. Ian? Yes, and you okay. can. Uh, but this is a great place. You can pick this up for free. This uh, quick start and to get you onto your dwarfy adventures. So there are more adventures and more content to expand this. This is a small sliver of fragment of content. Um, and we actually went halfway through the adventure. So that's a, a good record for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah we made a lot of progress given our slightly smaller than average legs. Um, 
so yeah like uh that was a lot of fun we've got fun stuff coming up um next week is lycoma i believe ian next week is lycoma right which i am very much looking forward to this is another <laughs> indie game it's from the meat punk genre which is the genre that i feel i was born to enjoy um and uh until then uh usually you know john closes these things out by saying uh stay safe and stay scared i'd first like to thank um bog wizard for our theme music our intro and outro music that's on purple miasmic smoke uh which is a fantastic album it's i think still available on a tasty tasty vinyl format you should check out bog wizard great band harlan's been on the show before cool guy um, you can find us uh, online at wamoncast.com. All of our stuff is there. Links to our social services we provide, reviews, blog posts, uh, maybe one or two saucy photos of me. You never know. Um, so go check that out. Uh, it also helps us tremendously. If you like and or subscribe on whatever service you're enjoying this on, be it a pod catcher, a uh, use of the tube or the like. Um, so until next week, um, this has been Wandering Monster, uh, the amazing show where we uh, blow through a game a week. So we're going to do 52 of them this year, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, it's be good. Are you excited or not excited? <laughs> I am so excited. I am. I am just like daunted by the number 52. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. So I hope that you there at home will come along with us as we do. And until then, I have been Charles Bernard. I've been Bridget Brave. Ian Servas. Mr. Peschke. And uh, go wander with your monster or something. Absolutely. Thanks, for everyone. Bye.